Hello, and welcome to the No Good Poetry Podcast. Each week we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of poetry. This is episode 38 with... Joseph Makos and... Joseph Bievenu. And... <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, it can be and. Our special guest, here he is. So we were... Kicking around the idea. Of I like how every, you do this every time. You're like, our special guest here is, and you don't say it. No, I was about to. <laughs> I was about to say it. We were kicking around the idea of who we would want as a Christmas a Christmas guest, and we said, Jimmy Ross. And I swear to God, on the way driving over here right now. I thought you planned that or something. I couldn't believe it when you came <laughs> up with Jimmy in the car. I just I made like, a right down. I just made a right down St. <laughs> Rock, and there Jimmy was, walking in the neutral ground. So I said, I double backed around, and Jimmy, get in. It's Christmas, man. What do you wish for you get? <laughs> so we've got we've got our uh, yeah. So it's Bard of Bard of Saint Rock. Bard of Saint Rock, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's Thursday, December twenty first. We're just a few days before Christmas, so we thought we'd do a little Christmas episode here, and maybe you know do some read some Christmas poems, talk about them a little bit. Open Mako's beer. Yep. But you know what I was thinking of on the way over here, see Bienvenue and I were just in the archive, and I pulled a bunch of Christmas papers. And I feel like I bought, I have probably on one of those Christmas papers is a Christmas poem that you by, might by you someone might. by someone we've never heard of before. You might have that. So maybe we'll bring that back after the break. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> so, you know, I was trying to think about Christmas poems and the first thing that came to mind to me was T. S. Eliot. Because those Ariel poems, he wrote them for a series of postcards, right? Really? Yeah. For some reason, it was Faber and Faber was his publisher at the time, and they wanted to do... In the 20s? Like, the late 20s? This was 1927. Okay. And they wanted to do these booklets and greeting cards that were released in the 20s and 30s. And I think maybe Jimmy's going to read for us in a second, Journey of the Magi, but that was the first one he wrote. And according to his wife, he wrote the poem really quickly. He said he'd been thinking about it in church. He got oh, he got home. He opened a half bottle of Booth's gin. Perfect. And he began to write. By lunchtime, he finished the poem and the bottle of gin. Funny, I always <laughs> do it the other way. I drink the bottle of gin and then I go to church. <laughs> Perfect. And I guess he uses some, uh, I mean, it's pretty heavy religious content in some sense. I guess he uses some quotations from this nativity sermon by Bishop Lancelot Andrews, <laughs> who was... What a name. These sermons from the 1620s. Oh, really? Yeah. In Journey of the Magi. So yeah. you're saying that he actually co- he uses these these sort of written sermons... He, like, rephrases them. Like, in the beginning, when it says, a cold coming we had of it, he was, like, in his sermon talking about the Magi and said, a cold coming they had of it. And Ellie just borrowed that, but made it, you know, in their voice because the poem's in the voice of the Magi themselves. Right? Yeah. It's kind of the idea. Cool. You want to read that one for us, Jay? Journey of the Magi. A cold coming we had of it. 
just the worst time of the year for a journey, and such a long journey. The way's deep and the weather's sharp, the very dead of winter, and the camels galled, sore-footed, refractory, lying down in the melting snow. There were times we regretted the summer palaces on slopes, the terraces, and the silken girls bringing sherbet. Then the camel men cursing and grumbling and running away and wanting their liquor and women, and the night fires going out and the lack of shelters, and the cities hostile and the towns unfriendly, and the villages dirty and charging high prices. A hard time we had of it. At the end we preferred to travel all night, sleeping in snatches, with the voices singing in our ears, saying this was all folly. Then at dawn we came down to a temperate valley, wet below the snow line, smelling of vegetation with a running stream and a water mill beating the darkness, and three trees on the low sky, and an old white horse galloped away in the meadow. Then we came to a tavern with vine leaves over the lintel, Six hands at an open door, dicing for pieces of silver and feet kicking the empty wineskins. But there was no information, so we continued and arrived at evening, not a moment too soon finding the place. It was, you may say, satisfactory. All this was long ago. I remember and I would do it again. But set down, this were, were we led all that way for? Birth or death? There was a birth, certainly. We had evidence, and no doubt I had seen birth and death, but had thought they were different. This birth was hard and bitter agony for us, like death, our death. We returned to our places, those kingdoms, but no longer at ease here in the old dispensation, with an alien people clutching their gods. I should be glad of another death. <laughs> I like that one. It's hard to imagine that being on a Christmas card, though. It's not yeah. <laughs> exactly uh, <laughs> uplifting message. No, I was just going to say it has like a really kind of like it, you know, you know, I, I, hearing that again because I haven't heard that for a, a while, and I, I, I think the last time I heard that, there's a recording of Elliot reading it. There is. There yeah, is right. There is, okay. Yeah. Maybe we can put that on there, but uh, on the on the show notes. But I, re- I think I remember hearing. A recording of him reading it, and uh, it's really modern. It's still, oh, yeah. it's yeah. still very modern. Like I'm saying, like in 2018, 2017, like it still sounds modern to me, doesn't it? I have to say, I'd never seen that poem before in my life. <laughs> oh, really? And reading yeah. it like cold like that is a challenge, but I think I got through it. No, I did a pretty good job. But I'm saying it sounds modern. It has a it has a very like modern sound to it, meaning like it could have been it could have been made it could have been written I mean it was Elliot, but it feels like it could have been written last week. Yeah, well I mean it's and that's part of the fun of it, right? Because you're imagining these magi journeying to to see Jesus' birth, right? But they're talking about these taverns with these drunks and kicking around wineskins and all of this stuff. It's kind of funny. It's kind of an interesting thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I say I've never read much Eliot because I always thought of him as rather 
upper class and stuffy, and I'm kind of lower class and scruffy, but I, could, I liked that poem quite a bit. I should have read more. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Eliot's yeah, like... I mean, I like Eliot, yeah. High modernism, you know. I like Eliot, but... It has that sort of, like, Episcopalian kind of feel to it. It's, like, very grandiose. But it's very but, grandiose in a way, but I, I know what you're saying, though. Well, I mean, quartets, he I mean, certainly was very stuffy in some ways. I really like his poetry, but it's annoying because I think he wanted you to catch all this stuff that you don't need to catch, right? Like I think it's more enjoyable if you don't worry about understanding the extras, all the little references and things he's making because he just stuffs the things full of all these illusions that sure. you don't really need to get like, to appreciate well, the poem. But <laughs> well, there's like the first. Have you ever stumbled upon the first version of the Wasteland before Pound edited it? Mm-hmm. It's like way longer and way more complicated. But it's also fun. This was on a Christmas card, and I guess the whole thing. I mean, the whole point of that poem, too, is, right, like, okay, Jesus is born, it's going to kill their Zoroastrian religion, right? That's the whole death birth thing. Yeah. Right, like, it was a death for us. I don't know. I like that poem, though. It's a very good poem. Oh, I do. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's interesting that he pulls from some sort of, like, that other tradi- that other esoteric... I guess it's not esoteric, but the tradi- the... He blends the mythological... He blends the Christian with the mythological... Well, it's not yeah. even mythological. Well, and the funny thing about those aerial poems is, I think they're actually... You know, you're talking about like the Wasteland or, or any of those more things that he's more famous for. I think those aerial poems are much more digestible. It doesn't... They're not so... Such hard work. Or were, they, were they earlier? Well, that's 1927... Watch, I think this probably has everything in order. It's earlier than some things, later than others. It's later than, like, Proof Rock. Proof Rock's earlier. Early, early. Yeah, it's later than... Now, those are really pretty late, I think. Okay. Wasteland was 22. Okay. The only thing that's really later is Ash Wednesday. Yeah. You have, a, you have a Christmas poem for us? Do you know us, about Joseph? this? Um, do you know about this? Uh, yeah, do you know about this uh, poem by Sylvia Plath? Oh, balloons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Were you gonna read that one? Go for it. Go oh, for I, it. I was just gonna. <laughs> I was just gonna ask if you knew this. I mean, come on! Like Plath is not known for her cherry disposition in poetry. No, I mean this is one. Uh, I think I'm gonna have some like this too, where the Christmas appearance is fairly small. But it's okay. It's a, but it's pretty integral to the poems. We could say like this, yeah. as far as as far as this poem, "Balloons" of, by Sylvia Plath being a Christmas poem, it's like the equivalent of Die Hard being a Christmas movie. Yeah, it is kind of like that. Because <laughs> people don't think of Die Hard as a Christmas flick, but it totally is a Christmas movie. Anyways, all right, you want to read us some Sylvia Plath? Sylvia Plath here. Balloons. Since Christmas, they have lived with us. Godless and clear. Oval, soul, animals, taking up half the space, moving and rubbing on the silk. Invisible air drifts, giving a shriek and pop. When attacked, then scooting to rest, barely trembling. Yellow, cathead, bluefish. Such queer moons we live with, instead of dead furniture. Straw mats, white walls, and these traveling globes... 
of thin air, red, green, delighting. The heart, like wishes or free, peacock's blessing, old ground with a feather beaten in starry metals, your small brother is making his balloon squeak like a cat. Seeming to see a funny pink world he might eat on the other side of it, he bites, then sits, back, that jug, contemplating a world clear as water, a red shred in his little fist. <laughs> It's good. That's good. I like all it. It, it kind of like covers all those things. Like if you think of it as a kid with when you have balloons, it's good. You know, I I want to say that this for some reason, uh, having read this, this is like it 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 echoes E. E. Cummings' Balloon Man poem. I don't remember that one. It's really weird, and it's all very sound, and it's like it's like it's all very like um. It's a lot. Of, of course, it's like it's it's coming, so it's like broken up on the yeah plate. yeah yeah the balloon man, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't believe I know that poem. But yeah, so is this like a Christmas poem? Is this Sylvia Plath? I mean, they got, <laughs> they got which it's also very bizarre. They got balloons for Christmas. That's not <laughs> that's not your typical Christmas gift. So much. Yeah, I mean, it mentions Christmas in the first line. Something. Since Christmas. It's Which, like it since seems Christ- like they got the balloons for Christmas. Yeah, Animal-shaped balloons for Christmas. Since Christmas, they've lived with us. Which is funny, which is... I like that. What do you got? What's your... Round Robin here, what you got? Um, I might... So I, I think, actually, I have a lot of them that are kind of like that, where they're only tangentially Christmas... So that's all right, but that's kind of that's kind of fun in a way. But I kind of well, this one's not Christmas, but it's Christmas Eve, and this is Bill Berkson. But uh, there's not really much Christmas in this poem, but I like it. <laughs> Christmas Eve by Bill Berkson. Oh, and it's for Vincent Warren. Behind the black water tower, under the gray of the sky that feeds it. Smoke speeds to where a pigeon spreads its wings. This is no great feat. Cold pushes out its lust. We walk, we drink, we cast our giggling insults. Would you please leave the $2.50 you owe me? I'd rather not talk about it just now. Money bores me. I would like to visit someone who will stay in bed all day. A forest is rising imperceptibly in my head, not a civilized park. I think it would be nice, this new moral odor. No, it would not mean everything marching to its tomb. The water tower watches over us. Is there someone you would like to invite? No one. <laughs> no one. No one. I don't know, you know. I wonder if he just wrote it on Christmas Eve or if there's some real uh, connection there. I have no idea. <laughs> But I like it as a poem. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I like it as a poem. That's funny. I mean, you like it as a poem. Yeah, that's, but I don't like... know. I mean, I just don't know what that, if it's really a Christmas poem, I guess, is what I'm saying, you know. That's all I mean. That's all I mean. You know, I wish I... I don't have a copy of any of Auden's longer poems either, you know. No. But he has this, he has that really long Christmas poem. 
called For the Time Being a Christmas Oratorio. It's a, it's fifty two pages long. Fifty two pages. <laughs> My God. My entire poetry output probably. <laughs> I, I, so that's a long poem. A little more than that. And it's all about Christmas. I don't have a copy of that. I think I really only have I think I have his collected shorter works, but I don't have that the longer the longer pieces. Uh I don't know, that's a that's a pretty well known Christmas poem. The only Auden poem I know that I have stuck in my head has nothing to do with Christmas whatsoever. What's that? That's uh, as I walked out one evening, walking down Bristol Street, the crowds upon the pavement were fields of harvest wheat. And down by the brimming river I heard a lover sing under the arch of a railway, Love has no ending. I'll love you, dear, I'll love you, till China and Africa meet. And the river jumps over the mountain and the salmon sing in the street. I'll love you till the ocean is wrung out and hung up to dry and the seven stars go streaking like geese about the sky. The years shall run like rabbits, for in my arms I hold the flower of the ages and the first love of the world. But all the clocks in the village began to whir and chime. Oh, let not time deceive you, you cannot conquer time. In the burrow of the nightmare, where justice naked is, time watches from the shadows and coughs when you would kiss. In headaches and in worry, vaguely life leaks away, and time must have its moment tomorrow or today. Into many a green valley drifts the appalling snow. Time breaks the beaded dancers and the archer's threaded bow. Oh, stare, stare in the mirror as the teardrops scald and start. You shall love your crooked neighbor with your crooked heart. <laughs> it was late, late in the evening. The lovers, they were gone. The clocks had ceased their chiming, and the deep river ran on. That's Mr. Auden. I like that one, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I don't think I'd like. I would have liked him at all. He seemed like a very, I don't think very so stuffy person. But it, and I actually it's funny would, how you yeah. can like a poem and not like the person. Yeah. Who wrote it, yeah. Well, and is. I was thinking while you were reciting that that I I think I always like his poems better when I hear someone read them out loud because they're so the way he puts his lines on the page is so rigid it kind of bothers me sometimes when yeah. I'm reading yeah. out of a book. <laughs> but he's great, you know? And the sound of it, like, you know, listening to you reciting that, he has such a great facility with sound and... and... But yeah, that doesn't always come across when you look at it on the page. <laughs> but yeah, it's this long Christmas poem. I don't have it, but there, this is a little excerpt from... One portion of it. Well, so that is that. Now we must dismantle the tree, putting the decorations back into their cardboard boxes. Some have got broken, and carrying them up to the attic, the holly and the mistletoe must be taken down and burnt, and the children got ready for school. There are enough leftovers to do, warmed up for the rest of the week. Not that we have so much appetite, having drunk such a lot, Stayed up so late, attempted, quite unsuccessfully, to love all of our relatives. 
<laughs> I like that. <laughs> Having attempted unsuccessfully to love all of our relatives. <clears throat> um, so if you can love a majority of your relatives, <laughs> yeah, I guess you're you're, you're doing well, right? Uh, um, this is a wild card, but um, you know, I'm just because we're going round robin here. I guess it's kind of anything goes, right? But yeah, um, yeah. remember last year uh, they fed uh, like like. 3,500 Christmas songs to the AI neural thing, and then it spit out that song? Okay, yeah, but I have a connection to you for Okay, this. okay, cool. I, I was so I'm going to read this might, one. Can I, I read might, it? I was thinking you might want to do that, but before you do that, <laughs> I've actually got a poetry connection. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because I was, I was showing Jimmy this. Now, unfortunately, pretty badly, this is, a, this is what the real thing looked like, but there was this Scottish poet. His name is Edwin Morgan. Okay. And he's from Glasgow. I guess his collection was called From Glasgow to Saturn. And he does some kind of some like kind of early kind of concrete poetry stuff. And this one's kind of funny. So this poem is from 1962. And he worked somewhere that had a computer, you know, and this is early computers. And so he decided he wanted to write Something using a computer. The computer didn't come up with the words exactly, but he just wanted it to kind of look like, yeah, which was kind of cutting edge at the time, I think. But he wanted he made it kind of sound like it was a computer writing it. And the name of the poem is The Computer's First Christmas Card. Jolly Mary, Holly Berry, Jolly Berry, Mary Holly, Happy Jolly, Jolly Jelly, Jelly Belly, Belly Mary, Holly Happy, Jolly Molly, Mary Jerry. Merry Harry, Happy Barry, Happy Jari, Bobby Happy, Berry Jory, Jory Jolly, Moppy Jelly, Molly Mary, Jerry Jolly, Belly Boppy, Jory Hoppy, Holly Moppy, Barry Mary, Jerry Happy, Happy Boppy, Boppy Jolly, Jolly Mary, Merry Mary, Merry Mary, Merry Chris, a Merry Asa, Chris Mary, as Merry Chrysanthemum. <laughs> But that's funny, right? He was he was like imagining a computer writing a Christmas poem, Christmas card. Uh, way ahead of his time. And now we have people actually trying to do that, have have computers write Christmas songs. So now you can tell us about that. And I actually have another one that I found. Yeah, they fed different. like all these Christmas songs into this computer, and then they had the computer like do neural neural network learning, and then they had it spit out its own song. And like it recorded, it, it like it has the music too, you know. Maybe we can outro on that on that song. Yeah, maybe we can whatever, yeah, find play it or recording. something. But this is what I came up with. Um, this is it's kind of poet poetry. It's song. It's a song, but it's kind of in a certain way, right? So this is what the this is what the AI. This is what the machine came up with as a poem. Lots to decorate the room. The Christmas tree is filled with flowers. I swear that it's Christmas Eve. I hope that's what you say. The best Christmas present in the world is a blessing. I've always been there for the rest of our lives. A hundred and a half hour ago. I'm glad to meet you. I can hear the music coming from the hall. A fairy tale. A Christmas tree. There are lots and lots and lots of flowers. <laughs> it's pretty weird. It's a pretty strange thing. Well, I remember seeing that when it happened. And then, as I recall, they actually have the, like, 
a computer voice. Yeah, and music. And it did music. Oh, yeah, it wrote the actual music part, too, and it's very minor key and disturbing. (laughs) Yeah. always been there for the rest of our lives. <laughs> what, is, what is that? Is that like a self-aware? It's strange. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because someone just posted something and I thought it was that again at first and I almost didn't click on it, but I did. And I went to this blog of, let's say, see who this lady's name is. This is Janelle Shane and she is a PhD student in electrical engineering from the University of California, San Diego. And she tried to do a similar thing. She fed all these Christmas songs into yeah to a, to a computer and tried to have it write its own songs. I won't go through the whole thing. She said when she first started doing it, it just kind of gave random letters because it doesn't know where to make line breaks. It doesn't know where to make breaks for words and everything, so she had to put more inputs in there to make it okay. kind of understand that. So there's some that it's kind of nonsensy, and I'm going to skip those. But then... She it start she started training it to produce lines that kind of sounded like Christmas songs. This is the first one that came out. The cattle around the Christmas will be a very special Christmas with me. Hurry Christmas to you, cup on the earth. Still the loudly candlelight would praise his name, the babe, the son of Mary. He sumbled their flowers and all. The Lord of the glory dawns. Give us the leave all away. A star is spent in red. Shake a cup, a strand from the sky. Christmas is coming. The wind is come to you. Walking him love. Dingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells with bells are ringing. With a heart reindeer, but no more a stranger. Santa baby and dancer and curry down. Happy holiday. When the snowflakes will call, the world wakes to bring. Glory bears and asses the air. The angels sang and Christmas tree. <laughs> and the funny thing is she said for that one dingle and curry were not in the input but it started making up words that it thought sounded Christmassy curry yeah <laughs> hurry I think would be the word that would be there hurry down right and then some she said it got a little more weird like a little more depressing it said the fire is sleeping and crying love love what a king Let's take the little children of the grave. <laughs> what? How did grave end up in there? And then, <laughs> for some reason, I don't know what Christmas song she's putting in there, but one Christmas song had Sandman in it. And it somehow got this idea in its little computer brain that 
Sandman was some sort of Christmas character. And so he kept using Sandman a lot. <laughs> the Sandman so be joyful, now it was born today. Gloria and Excelsis Deo. The Sandman bright before him. The holly bears a berry bears. And star in the snow is born today. The Sandman so loved to seek the world. The Sandman so loved so deep and sing and the sun. <laughs> what? I don't know. That's, that starts to get disturbing to me. So, Jimmy, before, when Magos was gone, you were talking about your experience working with computers in the past, huh? Oh, yeah. Long, long ago. When, I mean, the biggest computer we had, the memory was 64K. <sighs> and the uh, circuitry to uh, provide that staggering amount of memory <laughs> had taken up twice the space that we're sitting in. <sighs> And it would only work when the temperature was between 68 and 72 degrees. <laughs> and they've made amazing progress since then. And soon they'll reach the stage where the computers no longer need us. And rather than <laughs> we doing away with the computers, very likely the computers will do away with us. Yeah, well... That's my prediction. Well, but that's why this stuff's kind of funny, right? Because that... Stuff sounds like the computer is coming up with its own weird yeah. world mythology. on its own. <laughs> its own mythology. Alright, but there's one more which is, I think, really funny. This is the last one she had in there. This is the best one, though. Oh, holiday, another Christmas one? One more, one more computer-written Christmas song slash poem. <laughs> the world and joy of the sleigh. Santa baby bore sweet Jesus Christ. The holly bears a berry, and all the reindeer of the sky. The holly bears a berry, and reindeer. He was born today. And Santa baby bore sweet Jesus Christ, and the chimney, the angels sing. When the snowman brings the snow, Christmas tree, let's take that road before. And Santa Claus comes tonight, he will bring us goodness and light. Santa baby, a blitzen, and he was the sun and reindeer and earth. The savior of the chimney tonight. The story of the chimney, see? Santa baby and blood and joyous, so world and joy and good will to see. Santa baby bore sweet Jesus Christ. Fa la 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 la. King of toys and hippopotamuses, full of the light of that stood at the dear son of Santa Claus. He was born in a wonderful Christmas tree. Run, run, Rudolph. 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 The newborn king. <laughs> wow. That's pretty amazing. I remember what a wonderful thing it was to be a young child on Christmas Eve and go to bed thinking about all the things that were going to be there in the morning that you always yeah. wanted. Man. It's so hard to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> And it's so hard to work up that kind of enthusiasm and optimism sure. about life nowadays. So did y'all did y'all did y'all get the whole believing Santa was real thing? Did y'all have that whole did your parents do that? Well they didn't really, uh, they didn't really press it. I mean it, pretty much by the time you were in the first or second grade, one of the bigger kids had said, There's no such freaking thing as Santa, Santa just Claus. Your dad, yeah, or whatever. They Tried to yeah. steal Santa away from you because they no longer believed in the fat boy themselves. Well, it's funny. I, 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 I thought 
there's no possible way. But there's some <laughs> freshman in high school that I teach that still believe in Santa Claus. Freshman. Yes. That's rather difficult to believe. <laughs> Come on. I don't I don't know. Come on. Freshman? I think maybe that's just they're that sheltered or something. That they freshman. Yeah. Like a sixteen year old. Yeah. Fifteen. Probably. Yeah, fifteen maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of difficult. I mean, they must be a bit slow. (laughs) (laughs) Or something. I mean, probably 11% of the 15-year-old population these days has had one pregnancy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know about that, but... Yeah, it seems like children grow up a lot faster than they used to due to television at all. And yeah, so At yeah. some point in their life, they would have been exposed to some cynic who didn't believe You would in, think. In you would society. think, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I, never, I never... My parents wouldn't do that because they were very Catholic. Ah. So they thought Santa was some pagan nonsense and that you, you we did not do that secular part of Christmas. So... <laughs> They would leave us presents from baby Jesus. But... <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know that we ever really thought they were coming from baby Jesus, but, you know, that was like instead of leaving presents from Santa... Wow. You got presents from baby Jesus, which is a little bit disturbing. If you start imagining a little <laughs> infant Jesus a little placing <laughs> presents underneath a tree. <laughs> That's a little strange. <laughs> Well, I have some other ones if someone wants to read another one. True. Can I look at it at the moment? Yeah, take a, take a look. I'm going to get a beer anyway. Yeah, can, can you grab one too? Other? Where did those bottles go? You threw them away no. surreptitiously? Yep. Oh, okay. You have a preference? Whatever. I'll take you some need, more soda. You need some soda? soda. Yeah, there's ice in the uh, freezer. We have a freezer now. All Ooh. right. Should I read this Anne Sexton poem while you're gone? Sure. <laughs> Christmas Eve. Oh, sharp diamond, my mother, I could not count the cost of all your faces, your moods, that present that I lost, sweet girl, my deathbed, my jewel-fingered lady, your portrait flickered all night by the bulbs of the tree, your face as calm as the moon over a mannered sea presided at the family reunion, the twelve grandchildren, you used to wear on your wrist a three-months-old baby, a fat check you never wrote. The red-haired toddler who danced the twist, your aging daughters, each one a wife, each one talking to the family cook, each one avoiding your portrait, each one aping your life. Later, after the party, after the house went to bed, I set up drinking the Christmas brandy, watching your picture, letting the tree move in and out of focus, the bulbs vibrated, they were a halo over your forehead, they were a beehive, blue, yellow, green, red each with its own juice, each hot and alive, stinging your face, but you did not move. I counted to watch, forcing myself, waiting, inexhaustible, thirty-five. I wanted your eyes, like the shadows of two small birds, to change, but they did not age. The smile that gathered me in, all wit, all charm, was invincible. Hour after hour I looked at your face, but I could not pull the roots out of it. Then I watched how the sun hit your red sweater, your withered neck, your badly painted flesh-pink skin, 
you who led me by the nose, I saw you as you were, then I thought of your body, as one thinks of murder, then I said, Mary, 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 forgive me, and then I touched a present for the child, the last I bred before your death, and then I touched my breast, and then I touched the floor, and then I touched my breast again, as if somehow it were one of yours. I was the oldest child in my family, so I was the first of the four children. It was myself, then there were t two girls, and then my younger brother. And of course, I was the first one to lose my belief in Santa Claus. And my parents told me, all right, you, you know Santa doesn't exist, but please don't tell your little brother and your little sisters. Did you obey that directive? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you wait for the opportune time to spoil the mystery? Ah, well, but it was the sister that was closest to me. I get along fine with my younger sister and my brother, but the sister that was closest to me was a born rat and... I've disliked her my entire life, and I did. I did tell her at the first opportunity. <laughs> Santa Claus not only didn't exist, but if he did exist, she wouldn't like her one fucking bit. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> anyway, how did that go over? Did she just run crying to your parents? Oh, of course, but. Uh, <laughs> Naturally, as things turned out, she's the one of all of us who became a millionaire <laughs> and, and, and in my 74 years of life. She's never sent me a Christmas card, a birthday card, a anything. Well, it sounds like you might have uh, set the stage for that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's fair trade. I really did not want anything to do with it. How many, how many brothers and sisters did you, <laughs> did you get along with? Yeah, my two older brothers. We're all right. We do all right. Yeah. When uh, we were talking about having you on here, Makos was joking that you would be the ghost of Christmas past. And right now you're living up to it. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> ah, but what a wonderful thing it was to be a child and be... Wake up like four o'clock on a Christmas morning and sneak downstairs. Sneak downstairs. Yeah, I mean, I just remember just laying in bed. You couldn't sleep all night, just waiting for it to be late enough that you wouldn't get yelled at if you got that's, out of bed. See, that's and what <laughs> Santa Claus really is at bottom. He's the heart of the capitalist conspiracy. He makes people crave things. <laughs> You're pulling out sell out Santa? Yeah. Maybe I could maybe maybe I could um maybe we could put this one uh on Santa. This is my little Christmas uh, <laughs> yeah. Pretty good, huh? Oh yeah. It's a I mean Sell out Santa. Sell out Santa. Pretty accurate. Well that's such a tricky thing, right? Because it's kind of like how it's pretty much how how it's become these days, right? But to bring it back to poetry, I guess, that's funny because I was thinking about 
There's maybe a few Christmas poems here and there that are that are real Christmas poems, but most of them I find to not be very good. And I think it's because it's hard to write something about Christmas that doesn't end up being kind of treacle. But there's a lot of poems that mention Christmas, but that aren't really that much about Christmas. But all of, most of the ones that are like about Christmas seem a little. I was trying to find a a beat writer's Christmas poem, and I couldn't find one. <laughs> no, well, you know what? I, you know what? I remembered. I really like this poem, but again, it's one that just mentions Christmas. It, I like this Frank O'Hara poem, but it's not really a Christmas poem. I guess, but it mentions Christmas in it. You probably remember this one. Music. If I rest for a moment near the equestrian, pausing for a liver sausage sandwich in the Mayflower shop, that angel seems to be leading the horse into Bergdorf's, and I am naked as a tablecloth, my nerves humming, close to the fear of war and the stars which have disappeared. I have in my hands only 35 cents. It's so meaningless to eat. And gusts of water spray over the basins of leaves like the hammers of a glass pianoforte. If I seem to you to have lavender lips under the leaves of the world, I must tighten my belt. It's like a locomotive on the march, the season of distress and clarity. And my door is open to the evenings of midwinters, lightly falling snow over the newspapers. Clasp me in your handkerchief like a tear. Trumpet of early afternoon in the foggy autumn. As they're putting up the Christmas trees on Park Avenue, I shall see my daydreams walking by with dogs and blankets put to some use before all those colored lights come on. But no more fountains and no more rain, and the stores stay open terribly late. I guess that's kind of about Christmas being capitalism in a way. It is. <laughs> the stores stay open terribly late. <clears throat> This season of distress and clarity. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty accurate. <laughs> I mean, I think we have, like, a lot of classic Christmas poems. I think that's what happens, right? Is... But are any of them any good? <laughs> uh... Not really, because it's... <laughs> because it kind of all falls into the same sort of, like, mythological structure of, of, of Christmas. I like this one. And the beginning it actually does a good job of describing um, Christmas lights, but then it just goes off into total nuttiness. Do y'all know Lisa Jarno? No. Are you, are you familiar with her poetry? No. That's kind of good. This is Christmas Prelude. O oh, little fleas of speckled light, all dancing like a satellite. O oh, belly green trees, shaded veil, O oh, shiny bobcat winter trail. Amoebic rampage, squamous cock. A Chinese hairpiece, burly sock. A grilled banana smashes gates, and mingeless badgers venerate. The asses of the winter trees, rock on, fat asses, as you please. Be jumpy or unhinged with joy, enlightened fry cakes, statin hoy. <laughs> That's very touching. <laughs> uh, here's, I mean, I think this one's worth reading and putting in here. It's, it's, it's actually a Rudyard, Rudyard Kipling poem. 
Uh-oh. Uh oh. <laughs> and it's called it's called Christmas in India. Ah. Uh, Whoo, man! Can you get a more loaded? Right, <laughs> it's pretty loaded. Yeah, Rudyard Kipling writing about Christmas yeah, in India. Here we go. It's 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 it's, it's medium. <laughs> All right, five stamps here. Let's hear it. Christmas in India. Dim dawn behind the tamarisks. The sky is saffron yellow. As the woman in the village grind the corn and the parrots seek the riverside, each calling to his fellow. That the day, the starring Easter day, is born. Oh, the white dust on the highway. Oh, the stenches in the byway. Oh, the clammy fog that hovers, and at home their merrymaking neath the white and scarlet berry. What parts have India's exiles in their mirth? Full day behind the tamarisk, the sky is blue and starring, as the cattle crawl a field beneath the yoke. And they bear one over the field path, who has passed all hope or caring, to the gnat below the curling wreaths of smoke. Call on Rama, going slowly as ye bear a brother lowly. Call on Rama, he may hear perhaps your voice. With our hymn books and our psalters we appeal to other altars, and today we bid good Christian men rejoice. High noon behind the tamarisks, the sun is hot above us. As at home, the Christmas day is breaking wan. They will drink our healths at dinner, those who tell us how they love us, and forget us till another year be gone. Oh, the toil that knows no breaking on the heimwith ceaseless aching. Oh, the black dividing sea and alien plain. Youth was cheap, wherefore we sold it. Gold was good, we hoped to hold it. And today we know the fullness of our gain. Gray dusk behind the tamarisks, the parrots fly together as the sun is sinking slowly over home. And his last ray seems to mock us, shackled in a lifelong tether that drags us back however so far we roam. Hard her service, poor her payment, she is ancient, tattered raiment. India, she the grim stepmother of our kind. If a year of life be lent her, if her temple shrine we enter, the door is hut, we may not look behind. Black night beneath the tamarisks, the owls begin their chorus, as the conscious from the temple scream and bray. With the fruitless years behind us and the hopeless years before us, let us honor, O Mother, O Brother, Christmas Day. Call a truce then to our labors, let us feast with friends and neighbors, and be merry as the customs of our caste. For if faint and force the laughter, and as sadness follow after, we are richer for, for one mocking Christmas past. Hmm. That was better than I thought it was going to be. It, uh, yeah, exactly, right? Although that ending was shit. Yeah, that ending was shit, yeah. <laughs> but the rest of it was pretty good. Who was it? That was Kipling. Rudyard Kipling. Oh, Rudyard from the Boneyard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was some depressing stuff in there. Yeah, not that bad for Kipling, though. Stuff, though. Not bad for Kipling. I like the part about people toasting people toasting your health who, wouldn't, who don't think of you the rest of the year. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I like this. I like this idea of writing. There are some good Christmas poem idea, yeah. from India. You know, I mean, it's like, well, that's what uh, the nice thing about it. I was thinking is because of the setting, it moves him away from the more typical Christmas imagery, which can be a problem. It, it right? does, and there yeah. and there's some things that you don't see in this poem where he puts things in quotes and sort of, in a certain way, is making fun of them. Like yeah. he's like it's sort of like. I feel like the tone of this this poem is like he's distant from his the culture yeah, of Christmas, so it, so it doesn't resonate in the same way as it would in another culture, and I think that he's not, like, raising it high. He's actually making fun of it. Yeah. No, I don't think you're in. Nice. So, this is, a, this is a poem by Alan Dugan, who I love, and uh, it's, again, maybe not that explicitly Christmas, but Christmas makes a pretty big appearance. On trading time for life by work. The receptionist has shiny fingernails and she has buffed them up for hours, not for profit, but for art, while they, the partners, have been arguing themselves the further into a ruthless paranoia, the accountant said. The sales representative came out against the mustard yellow. It looks like baby shit and one as ever. In the studio, the artist, art director, and the copy chief were wondering out loud whether a peace on earth or a love and peace on earth should go around the trumpeting angel on the Christmas card. In this way, the greeting card company worked back and forth across the first spring afternoon like a ferry boat on the river. Time was passing. It itself was staying the same, and workers rode it on the running depths while going nowhere back and forth across the surface of the river. Profits flow away in this game, and thank <clears throat> God there is none of the transcendence printed on the product. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that ending is great. <laughs> that is Alan Dugan. <laughs> Do you want to try reading this Mark Doty poem? Sure. Messiah. Oh, we should probably say, this is actually a section of a longer poem, but it's the Christmas-relevant part. But yeah. Okay, so a little Messiah Christmas Portions by Mark Doty. A little heat caught in gleaming rags and shrouds of veil torn in sun-shot swaddlings over the Methodist roof. Two clouds propose a Zion of their own blazing colors of tarnish on copper. Against the steely close of coastal afternoon, December, while under the steeple the Coral Society prepares to perform Messiah, pouring in their best blacks and whites onto the ragged stage, not steep really, but from here, the first pew, there are looming cloud bank of familiar angels, that neighbor who fights operatically with her girlfriend for one, and the friendly bearded clerk from the post office, tenor trapped in the body of a baritone, altos from the A&P, soprano from the t-shirt shop, today they'll all poise costume and purpose, conveying the right note of distance and formality, silence in the hall, anti-capacitory, as if we're all about to open a gift we're not sure we'll like. How could they? Familiarity in an up-pouring rush, which not rest, will not, for a moment, be still. 
Kind of like that. There's some nice stuff in that like, one. Yeah. yeah, like like I like the idea. I like the idea of like the people you know about town are all in the coral. Yeah, I like that. You too. know, I kind of like that. Like the guy with the beard who's friendly. Where where did where did he work? He worked at the. Uh, he worked at the. Let's see. Altos from the A and P, Soprano from the T-shirt shop. Well, I like that too. But then the, uh, the friendly like bearded clerk from the post office. Yeah, and then he's a baritone trapped in a tenor's body or something, or yeah. other way around, tenor, tenor trapped, trapped in a baritone's body. body. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, it does call to mind those little going to a. It's funny, you know. These churches who normally don't have music any other time of the year suddenly have these huge choirs around the Christmas time all of a sudden. It's true. <laughs> to go back to Alan Dugan for a minute, there's this quote here from Louise Gluck, who's a wonderful poet, of course, and she says in Struggling to Find Something terribly memorable to say about Alan Dugan. Deeply American in his manners, Dugan is the American other Americans are uneasy with. (laughs) That is absolute bullshit. I would say that 97.3% of all Americans have never heard of Mark Dugan, Alan Dugan. That's a weird, that's a weird quote, yeah. Doogie Dugan. (laughs) That's a weird quote, it is. It really, truly is, I mean. That sounds like they were like, let's get someone famous to put a quote on this. Yeah, whether she knows him or not. (laughs) She like, yeah, even read the book. (laughs) (laughs) Dugan's good, though. Yeah, yeah, people should check him out. But, yeah. But it's true, it's kind of in a blurb. How much can you say in a blurb well, to blurbs. begin with? Yeah, blurbs can be terrible a lot of the time. Right? <laughs> and like... what, I mean, it's possible to say amazing things in a few short sentences, but <clears throat> chances are it's not going to be in praise of a person that no one's ever heard of. Well, but yeah, and I think it's hard, right? Even yeah. if you're trying to write something about someone whose work you like a lot, yeah, that's that's kind of a difficult thing to communicate. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. it's uh-huh. hard to in- express your own enthusiasm for someone that most people have never heard of. To be well, right, well, yeah. <laughs> I think we've all had to do that at times. Oh, yeah. I can remember from <laughs> from my days of being host at poetry reading, struggling to find something pleasant to say. About, oh, yeah, you had to do that all the time. Yeah, about people whose poetry I didn't like whatsoever. Or maybe I liked their poetry but didn't like them. Or And you just wanted some, <laughs> you needed something amusing. Yeah. You always, for me, always made some comment about the street that's named after my family. <laughs> I think that was your always your go-to yeah. introduction. <laughs> what did you say for Makos? Shit. <laughs> A man who needs no introduction. <laughs> uh, pass the popcorn, <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't even I mean we're not even touching on like the 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 the, board, the standard you know like the night before Christmas and yeah like fuck that, that shit yeah. fuck <laughs> all of that shit 
We Cook. wish you a merry Isthmus and the Cape of Good Fear. <laughs> I mean, uh, Christmas poetry is not always the best. I think it's more fun to do these ones that are weird. But totally. Uh, but you know what you can do for like, Christmas is buy people some books of poetry. Give that for some Christmas gifts. I think that's a good idea. There's a bla- there's you can you can buy man. you can buy Jimmy Ross's book. And give that to people as a Christmas gift. <laughs> I think. I think all. I think uh, as a shameless plug here. I think all. I think all books are like sixty percent off at Lavender Ink. Oh, is it all of them? I thought it was just select ones. Select ones, maybe. It yeah, might so only be select ones, but yeah, go to Lavender Ink. He's got Buy a big some, Christmas uh, sale right now. There is Doesn't a big he? Christmas sale. Buy some books of poetry for for some Christmas presents. It might be a little late. But you know, release this, yeah. Well, you know. Well, you know, but if you're practicing the twelve days of Christmas, you've got a lot of time. You've got a lot of gifts to give after Christmas Day. You can make it a twelfth night present. I have to say, I've had no problems whatsoever with my publisher, Mister Bill Lavender. I liked him before he became my publisher, and I still like him now, <laughs> and that's pretty good. <laughs> And we're also, you know, we're, 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 there's so many Christmas poems, and there's like, you remember, there's like, um, my, one of my favorite of all is like a Christmas thing, but it's like an, it's like the anti-Christmas thing, and it's, but it's also like a comment on consumerism is, um, what's that? My favorite, I mean, Dr. Seuss is the Grinch, you know, it's like, oh, well, that's, yeah. You know, there's, there's that too, which is like, if you think about the Grinch, it's actually just one long poem. Well, yeah, in a way, I mean, all Seuss's stuff is in verse. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. you know, every who down in Whoville lied like Christmas a lot, but the Grinch who lived just north of Whoville did not. The <laughs> Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Now please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be that his head wasn't screwed on right. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. But I think that mostly likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. <laughs> You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. It's a good, it's a good one. Yeah. I don't know, I always like, kind of like, was it, it's like a new, I like the Grinch, I like the Grinch and I like that because it's like a, it's like a truly, it's a truly like new mythology that he created. I mean, I agree. Sort of, but it's also, at the same time, kind of falling into that weird, moralistic aspect of Christmas of being like, oh, look at this mean person that we that will be rehabilitated by the spirit of Christmas, right? I mean, it's basically... True. It's basically Scrooge in a different form. It is, yeah. You know? <laughs> but it's kind of fun. Kind of fun. A little weird green guy. Spindly fingers and a dog that pulls his play. <laughs> so, I don't know. Do we have any more words to say about Christmas? I think I'm going to close this out with this Ashbury poem, but do we have any other Christmas things we want to say here? Mm-hmm. What do you think, Jimmy? Jimmy? I don't know. I'm surprised that more people over the years haven't done things where 
extreme villains do terrible things to Santa Claus. <laughs> I, was, I, think, I think there's a market for extreme. that. Extreme. <laughs> I think there is like a whole horror genre of that. Is it? Is it? No, well, yeah, bad, not in poems, but yeah. Bad Santa. Uh, it was like, there's some dark... Some dark Santa movies. Santa movies are like, you know, like the guy holding up the... The, the guy hold you know, it's like the... Cri- like the Santa outfit has become like a, you know, like a like a, you know, like a, you know, if you're dressed up like Santa, you know, you, you should be this like jolly important person. But people have played with that idea of that, like you know, it's like the drunk, yeah, the drunk, or like the yeah, the, the the drunk is the one ringing the bell in front of you know the Salvation Army thing, or like this idea of Santa is like a, it's the perfect burglary outfit, right? Because you can dress like a Santa Claus. Well, Santa's a weird character in some ways, the way that he's become. Well, I saw some stupid meme, but it's kind of funny. Where it was like, had a picture of Santa, and it said, uh, works one day a year, <laughs> judges you the rest of it. Wow. <laughs> huh. It's kind of true. <laughs> he's a weird character. Yeah. Where's our uh, Mr. Bingle poem? Has anyone written a Mr. Bingle poem yet? I don't know. I haven't read one, I'm sure. He's the know. biggest white boy around. He is. Mr. <laughs> 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 we try to be inclusive these days in the world of poetry. <laughs> All right. Any other Christmas words? Let the Ashbury rip. So I'm going to admit that... The main reason I want to read this is because I want to include this amazing photo of Ashbury in front of a Christmas tree that I found. And this is another, but it's a good, good, I like the title, and the title's the Christmas part, and then it kind of is not that Christmassy after that. Or post-Christmas is what this really is, because the title is, On His Reluctance to Take Down the Christmas Ornaments. Wow. (laughs) I like that idea. (laughs) I think we've all been there. <laughs> the poem doesn't really have much to do with that. Here it's like a whole different thing because it's like you just keep the tree up and you just put you just Maybe, change well, the Mardi Gras. You can, that's what some people do, right? Twelfth night and the twelfth day of Christmas. On his reluctance to take down the Christmas ornaments. A nice normal morning. Feet setting out as though in a trance, doubling the yesterdays. A doubled man under the stairs, and strange, surrealist fish. From so much disappearance, damaged in the mail, or the spry cutting edge of another day, here we have these in sizes and colors. Day goes fluttering by. Like ivy behind a chimney, it grows and grows in ropes. Mouse teams unslay it. Yeoman can't hear it. A shadow purling up into the sky. Silence in the vandalized vomitorium. It's great that you can be here, too. Passivity rests its case. (laughs) There's like some theme of, in a lot of these poems, Christmas must make people think about aging for some reason. Christmas malaise. Yeah, there is a Christmas malaise. It's like, oh no. I'm gonna well, die. I got a Christmas, Christmas present from 
a woman who got quite a Christmas present herself. Like about, uh, I guess about three or four years ago, this woman lived next door to me until the day before yesterday, and she was absolutely gorgeous. And this man was madly in love with her, bought her a house on St. Rock Avenue like five years ago for $130,000 and loved her so much he put her name and her name only on the title of the house so she owned it outright. She sold it about a month ago for $350,000 and she packed up her stuff and... She moved yesterday to the island of Bali in the South Pacific, <laughs> where she's probably made an even richer man and do even better. You know? Yeah, you can do you can do all right with three fifty on Bali. It's a it's a it's a good life to be gorgeous. Anyway, she left me something, uh, even though I, she didn't, leave you? I didn't leave. I didn't know her all that well. She left me her entire spice collection, all these <laughs> little <laughs> bottles of cayenne pepper and all these wonderful Great. spices. Nice so Jimmy is, is going to be cooking the Christmas meal this year? Well, if I have something to put oh, the spices, spices on. on. <laughs> you can't just eat spices, yeah. Joseph. You can't just, you can't just like, show up at Jimmy's house it's on Christmas. Like a, and it's just going to pretend to Christmas meal. Fucking, it's just going to be a plate and so, he sprinkles the spices. It's just, no, it's just, just going yeah, to show up at Jimmy's for Christmas and it's just little bowls of spices. Yeah, know? well, just bring your unflavored food over and we'll have a party. <laughs> or your, or your, come over with your bland cooking and we'll spice it up. We surely will. I've got about... <laughs> I, know, I have it all in a ratty blue with blue backpack she also gave me, which is... Why a, is it in a it, backpack? <laughs> well, because it wouldn't all fit on the shelves. We have, I mean, it's an enormous... Oh, really? It's a lot of spices. It's a lot of... I'm talking dozens and dozens of du duplicate copies of... I think you should put on that backpack. Most of it is... <laughs> Most of it hot stuff. She was hot stuff herself, and she liked her. She liked food the hot, hot stuff. I think you should put on that backpack and go into restaurants that serve bland food, and just be like, <laughs> "Can I help you with some of my spices here?" Yeah, I guess she's not going to need spices in Bali. Not to stay warm. That's for sure. <laughs> Well, so if you ever need any cayenne pepper or... <laughs> 17 different types of cayenne from every yeah. continent in the world. Be, be, sure and, be sure and give me a call. You'll get a, you'll get a decent prey. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, or, alternatively, you could bring your steak over to my house and we'll... I'm sure if you bring, <laughs> uh, bring some food... And give half of it to Jimmy. He'll spice it for you. Yeah, spice it up. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jimmy, thank you for joining us today. Oh, it was a pleasure. Yep. It was quite a coincidence that uh, I ran into my friend Joseph. Uh, I let's just say it's a Christmas miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. It was. <laughs> I mean, I have, I absolutely haven't seen you in months and months. And I know. I know. I turned up just when you needed me. It was perfect. <laughs> well, this has been the Ghost of Christmas Future, and the, 
I'm the ghost of Christmas present. <laughs> and, I'm a, and I'm the grouch of any old day of the year. <laughs> Bless you all. And Merry Christmas to wish you a everybody. Merry Christmas and the cake of good fear. All you cats are sleeping warm as toast. And you gonna flip with old Saint Nick. Raise a lick on a peppermint stick. You come flying from a higher place. Stocking by the fireplace, so you ever you that's Somebody's gonna make a happy trip tonight While the moon is bright He's gonna have a bag of crazy toys To give the corners of girls and boys So dig, Santa comes on big I'm calling when the snow is the most Cats are sleeping warm as toes